Hey you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Black and Bourbon Podcast with Kahlo and Naya. Today we have Naomi Paris, a 22-year-old fashion enthused influencer whose beautiful brown skin glows as bright as her outfits. I have briefly mentioned a program called College Fashionista, which is a community of college-aged women with a passion for fashion, beauty, and style. College Fashionista also includes a program for women that enjoy journalism. And this program is where I first reached out to Naomi regarding an article I was writing. Over the past few months, I have enjoyed following her on Instagram and reading her blog posts, but finally we can sit and have a real conversation. So tell us a little about yourself, Naomi. Um, hi guys. So yeah, that was a pretty detailed intro. I don't know <laughs> if I would have much to add. Um, you said my age and everything, but I am a proud Brooklyn native, so I just had to plug that in there. Um, along with writing for college fashionista, I recently started a new job at Pop Sugar as an editorial oh. operations associate. So I'm really wow, like, working my way. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really like just on cloud nine right now, working my way up the fashion editorial industry. So that's pretty exciting. I love that. Nice. I'm kind of very cool. torn between mm-hmm. writing and social media. So I really like that you're doing that. That's yeah. really cool. Thank you. <laughs> We are going to be talking about imposter syndrome in today's episode, and it's pretty cool that you kind of were sharing some of your recent wins in regards to like professionalism or like your career, because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where imposter syndrome tends to creep in for a lot of people. Let's kind of just break down what exactly that is and then kind of get into maybe some thoughts and experiences on how that might have affected you or us. So essentially, imposter syndrome refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. So while this definition is usually narrowly applied to intelligence and achievement, it links to perfectionism and social context in general. So generally, people are maybe a little intimidated or they believe that they are kind of putting on a front and other people perceive them in a way that's maybe not 100%. Some of the common signs of imposter syndrome are an inability to be realistic, assessing your competence, attributing your success to external factors, berating your performance, fear that you won't live up to expectations, overachieving, self-sabotaging, self-doubt, and setting very challenging goals and feeling disappointed when you fall short. So what do you think about that, Naomi? Do you think that's something that you felt before any of those things kind of identify? You identify with any of those examples oh my gosh definitely like when you're reading the whole time it's like (laughs) why is he screaming at me like literally saying my name yeah I'm even experiencing that right now as I'm kind of in a transitional phase in my life you know different paths on my career and whatnot getting different opportunities there's a certain level it's like you want to be humble and then I feel like people confuse that being humble with, you have to be insecure. And it's like, that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the case. You can be humble and still be proud of yourself. Like it's okay to pat yourself on the back just because you're patting yourself on the back doesn't mean that you're prideful or anything or pompous or you feel like you've arrived. But at the same time, it's good to celebrate your wins, especially if no one else will. So yeah, I've definitely experienced that a whole lot. And even right now, I never thought I would be at a major publication at only 22 years old, especially with social media. You see a lot of other people's journeys and you see how it took this person five years Mm -hmm. to reach where I am. And you feel like you have to go the same path, but not everyone's path is the same. And I remember something that my doctor actually told me. I recently transferred to a new doctor and 
you know, she was telling us all these things, me and my family, how to get healthy, how to just better ourselves overall, especially with the pandemic and everything. And we couldn't believe that everything that she was saying was like just working right off the back, like everything was aligning. And my mom was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we didn't find you sooner. And then she was like, don't ever say that. Like nothing ever happens before it's supposed to. And ever since she said those words to me, like I've seen it, you know, stand true in other areas of my life where nothing ever happens before it's supposed to. So when it's supposed to happen, when it's your time, it will be your time. And then you'll see the reefs of whatever you've been praying for, whatever you've been working towards, you're seeing everyone else, you know, live out their dreams. And you're just like on the sidelines, like, when am I going to get it? But your time is coming. So yeah, that's so cool. Especially because you can look at it from both kind of perspectives, being a younger person in your field and kind of like maybe not quite having reached where you want to reach yet, maybe a little older. It's like, at the end of the day, things happen Mm -hmm. when they are supposed to happen. And you may not always know the specifics of that and like why it's happening now as opposed Mm -hmm. to later, but just trust that you are ready for the challenge as it presents itself. Definitely. Cool. And I talk about that with things just as simple as marriage. So many people say, I want to get married at this age, or I want to do this at that age. But you're really just trying to get to that point. But at the same time, you really don't know when it's going to happen. So you just live your life and things happen when they're going to. I think for me... In, in terms of imposter syndrome, you can doubt yourself. Like it, it feels like your value isn't as significant as maybe other people who are in a scenario, especially if you're like maybe one of the youngest or, or maybe one of the only minorities or whatever that might spur for you. It can, it can really mm-hmm. feel like you don't bring as much to the table as the other people who are in the room when in reality, you're in the room for a reason, right? You are whoever gave you that opportunity, whoever brought you into this conversation, really wanted you to be there and valued your opinion and valued your perspective. I struggle with that when it comes to posting on Instagram, something as simple as posting on Instagram, because there's so many people out there, so many people posting (laughs) their content and so many people that are watching you that I have to take a step back and say, just post what it's your Instagram. Who cares what this person's thinking? Just post what you want to post because you enjoy it and you like it. So just do what feels best for you and don't think about what other people are saying or thinking. Definitely. If I might add um, to that, speaking of like posting on Instagram, especially since my background has been fashion blogging, I've had certain opportunities where, you know, brands email me and they're like, can we work with you? And they have certain guidelines as to what they want you to post. And I can't tell you guys like how much emails like I've just totally not ignored, but kind of denied because I didn't feel like what they were asking for aligned with my brand. And I know a lot of influencers out there. I even used to work for one where just seeing behind the scenes of them struggling between what they really want to post and what the brand is asking for. It's like, I don't know if I would ever let myself get to that point where it's like, okay, yeah, it's my livelihood and I enjoy doing it, but I'm going to compromise what I truly love to post, what I really want to put out there and give the this like off perception of myself, which isn't really me. So yeah, I totally agree with what you're yeah, saying. It seems that that's something that's pretty common because it's estimated that 70% of people will experience at least one episode of some type of imposter syndrome in their lives. Um, if you think you might have imposter syndrome, typically it shows up in a couple wow. of different ways and there are some things you might want to ask yourself. And so I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are, Naya and Naomi, about the questions. So I have a couple questions and I want you guys to kind of Think about them in maybe your own life and maybe a scenario where you might have been maybe 
one of these questions might have been helpful. Let's think about it like that. So the first one is, do you agonize over even the smallest mistakes or flaws in your work? Do you attribute your success to luck or outside factors? Are you very sensitive to even constructive criticism? Do you feel like you will inevitably be found out as a phony? And do you downplay your own expertise, even in areas that you are genuinely more skilled than others? Yes. <laughs> do you downplay your own experiences? Yes, I do that. Yeah. I Let me think about this for a second. I do. These <laughs> are just very spot on. <laughs> the same thing for me. I've definitely, even as it pertains to my blog and everything, or it could be as simple as posting a picture I'm looking at the picture and it's like, I'm trying to find mm. things wrong with it. I'm trying to find what goes best with my feed, what I think p- people will like, but what I really mm-hmm. like at the end of the day or what people are going to like mostly reshare on their stories or anything like that. So I'm like a very much an overthinker, which I'm really trying to get past because I feel like yeah. as I grow up, just mature, not just in age, but like going through different experiences in life, I realize that overthinking I guess can be good up until a certain point because you think about like all angles in a situation if you're like presented with a problem on your job and you need to um, think of the most effective way you think about all angles all perspectives and then overthinking where it's like you overthink about the littlest things in life it's like it's really not that serious just post what you want to post and it kind of reminds me of I've been seeing even though I haven't been that active lately on my platform like I've been seeing um, ever so often people post like, can Instagram be casual again? And it makes like these questions make me think of that because ever so often you just feel so pressured to do what everyone else is doing. Or if you want to be, you know, if you want to have X amount of followers and, you know, be Instagram famous then you have yeah. to post 5,000 reels every day. And it's like, can we just like, be chill? <laughs> And your reels have to be like A1 quality and you have to do Definitely. all this extra effort when it's like, oh my gosh, what happened to snapping a picture of my phone and sharing it with my friends? Yeah, we're putting so much work into it mm-hmm. when at the end of the day, it is an app and it's social media. And a lot of people do make a living off of it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that can make you want to put way more thought into it yeah. because of like you were saying, oh, I want to get this many likes or this many followers because you can make a lot of money from doing it. But I think the important thing is not to let it not overtake you and stress yeah. you out. See, nothing is that serious. Yeah. And speaking of that, letting it not stress you out because it could even get to a certain point where say you're on vacation with friends and you're just so consumed with capturing every aspect of the trip yeah with, right with social media and not actually being present I remember one time me and my friends we were out at brunch or something and then one of my friends was just like everyone put their phones in the middle of the table and whoever goes on their phone is going to pay for the tap because we came here outside Ooh. of our houses <laughs> Like this was after the pandemic. She's kind of like the mom of the group, the glue that keeps us all together. But I just thought of it when you said it. She put all of our phones in the middle of the table and whoever just can't resist that temptation to be on their phone constantly is going to pay for the whole tab. And I just thought of that because it was just, we could be so consumed with social media. That's like a fun way to kind of like challenge your group. Definitely. And we enjoyed ourselves a whole lot more. I guess you could call me a content creator, but I don't really categorize myself as that, especially since after the pandemic, traveling is more so of a underrated privilege because we didn't get yeah. to do it before. Oh my gosh, yeah. And 
So I wanted to, you know, just cash her in, bring out all my best looks. And then, you know, ever so often, either my brother or my friends would have to reel me back then and be like, okay, Naomi, can you be here? <laughs> like, we're here. We didn't fly all this way to do all this. Like, you could do this at right. home. It's good to have those people in your life. Okay, let's come back and let's not be so consumed because yeah. it's it's really easy to just lose yourself. Honestly. With my YouTube channel, that was a big thing. I spent so much time trying to record mm-hmm. every moment, get the most good videos, get the good things that we're doing. And I am a person, I'm that person that says, put your phone down. We're, we're hanging out. We're at dinner. We don't get to do this that often. Let's sit here and, and sit here and be together. So having my YouTube channel, as much as I loved it, having my YouTube channel was sometimes annoying because I didn't like to be that person that's always sitting there on their phone at dinner with their friends. But with my mm-hmm. YouTube channel, I always felt like I would needed to record and get every moment of what's happening. On one hand, I miss my YouTube channel, but at the same time, it's nice being able to live in the moment and do things with my friends and not have to worry about capturing every moment of what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Do you think how easy it is to compare yourself to other people on social media contributes to imposter syndrome? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Even though it's kind of a basic quote that you see a lot of people use, whether it be as captions or they post it, but comparison is really the thief of joy. If you think about it, you're constantly Mm -hmm. looking at what someone else is doing and it's okay to have inspiration, but not want to marry yourself after their life and become this version of yourself that isn't even you. You want to take your picture a certain way or you want to go here because that person went here. And if they're, you know, advertising it, that may be a different case. But if you're just constantly looking at someone and you just want to almost be them and it's just you have to look within yourself and be like, do I even know who I am? People only think it's a high school experience, but you can be a grown adult and not know who you are and find that out. Because you have social media is constantly trying to be this person that you're not or be like one of these Instagram it girls, Diara or something Mm -hmm. like that. You're just trying to be this person that you're not. So yeah, it definitely contributes to that. And it also kind of exposes inner insecurity that you may have not known you had. I actually said that in another episode, Mm -hmm. people wanting to be someone rather than using them as inspiration and Mm -hmm. make you have goals and things that you want to achieve for yourself, but not necessarily wanting to be them and live their life out and do exactly what they're doing. Worship them in a way. Mm -hmm. You should just view them and be like this is cool i like this it's kind of giving me an idea of what i want to do and then you see there's so many people on social media that you see so many different people's lives and their different things that they're doing and where they're going and you feel like you have to do something too when you can just live Mm -hmm. your life social media is a highlight reel so you can live your life and you can do what you need to do because not everyone is doing that specific thing you're seeing on your social media all the time and like you said it's a highlight reel where People have the option to post what they want to. So even if it's supposedly real, quote unquote, real time, it's you're not seeing every aspect of their life. So you don't know what's going on off the screen. So it's important to, you know, especially when people talk about, oh, relationship goals. And you see like two months later, this room post that couple broke up. It's just like, do you really want to be like them? Or like, do you want, you don't know what they went through. Yeah, they may look good together, aesthetically pleasing. They may look good on a yacht in Mexico or something, but do you know what they're going through? Do you know their relationship dynamic? Do you want to really have that with someone? That's the same with Justin Bieber and Haley 
Baldwin. People, they post all the bad things about the relationship, but you don't know anything about the relationship. You're just creating these scenarios yeah. just because you ship Selena Gomez and him right. that they've out said before that it was abusive. So people just say whatever they want to say. It's interesting. I feel like the the part where that goes wrong is when you start defining your self-worth by something that's not true, right? Like you're feeling like an imposter when in reality, what you're comparing yourself to isn't even real. It's like, how are you going to look down on yourself when, for example, uh, we had a, a guest earlier who was saying how she like looks at social media like entertainment. And so at no point did she ever feel the need to compare herself to Olivia Pope or Meredith Grey or just like these characters because they're entertainment, right? You understand that they're not real. And social media in a lot of ways is very similar to that. And so you have to understand that you shouldn't compare yourself to a character that is very meticulously calculated or or crafted or edited. I think it's really important that like you understand what you have and what you value. Like we've talked a little bit and both of you have alluded to having your own confidence. It can be easy to fall into these traps of imposter syndrome when you don't believe in yourself, right? If you already identify like, hey, I know that I'm good at this thing or I know that I have this value, whether it be professional, whether it be social media, whatever it might be, nobody can take that from you, right? You have that in yourself. So there's no reason for you to doubt your own ability because you're already confident or aware of what you bring to the table. One of my coaches once said, we did like this drill where we breathe and we release and we think about the things that we're good at. And she was saying, don't think about what you need to work on, what you're bad at. Think about what you're good at. Affirm yourself. I'm good at taking pictures. I'm good at writing. Don't Because if you look at everything else that everyone else has, it's hard for you to really say, I'm good at this or I'm good at that because this person looks like they're better. But just know that you specifically have things that are good for you and remind yourself of that daily. So we're going to go through a couple examples of different types of imposter syndrome. And I know some of these definitely I apply to. So I want to hear what you guys think about these archetypes. So the first one is the perfectionist. Perfectionists are never satisfied and always feel that their work could be better. Rather than focusing on their strengths, they tend to fixate on any flaws or mistakes. This often leads to a great deal of self-pressure and high amounts of anxiety. Second one is the superhero. Because these individuals feel inadequate, they feel compelled to push themselves to work as hard as possible. Third one is the expert. These individuals are always trying to learn more and are never satisfied with their level of understanding. Even though they are already often highly skilled, they underrate their own expertise. Next one is the natural genius. These individuals set excessively lofty goals for themselves and then feel crushed when they don't succeed on their first try. And the soloist. These people tend to be very individualistic and prefer to work alone. Self-worth often stems from their productivity, so they often reject others' offers of assistance. They tend to see asking for help as a sign of weakness or incompetence. Whew, that last one really hit me in the heart. <laughs> I'm like, oh God. <laughs> I've had to work through the perfectionist one. I That can keep me from wanting to post a, starting my YouTube channel or starting this podcast or posting an Instagram reel because I'm thinking so much and I want it to be so perfect and I'm rewatching it and rewatching it over and over again and I find something I don't like. And then it changes my whole mind and I don't want to post it. So oftentimes I have to just watch it a couple times, make the video, do what I need to do and just post it and just let it do what it's going to do. Because if I don't, if I think too much, overthink, I'm not going to end up posting what I want to post. So the perfectionist is one I definitely struggle with. Yeah, similarly to Naya, I do struggle a lot with the, I think the perfectionist and um, the expert. 
Like I oftentimes I really underrate what I'm capable of and people have to tell me, they're like, no, Naomi, these people, you know, are actually impacted by what you do. And I remember one time I was talking with my friends that they had seen someone who, you know, that we all mutually know, but they, I think, I don't know, they were alluding to the fact that they were copying my post, copying my aesthetic, what I was doing. And I was like, no, you know, they're fine or whatnot. You know, they're just doing their own thing. It's not really me. You know, I don't own any of these concepts. I, you know, just come up with this and, you know, I post it. I'm not copyrighted to any of the concepts that I have. And they're like, no, Naomi, like you created these things. You took time and effort to create these things. You've been doing this for a long time. And they're, you know, just trying to copy you and, you know, be you and you need to just realize who you are and whatnot. And no one can, you know, try to emulate what you are because no one is you and Mm -hmm. you have something special going on. So yeah, definitely. And even with the perfectionist, even at this new job, I'm kind of nervous to ask questions because I'm just like, I don't want to sound too stupid. I know it's only been, (laughs) it hasn't been that long. And then my manager always tells me like, no questions too stupid. We get it. You're new. And you know, this is something you're relearning a bunch of systems, you know, not every publication works the same way. That's what she's constantly had to remind me of. And even before, you know, I, because it's pretty independent compared to the jobs I've had in the past where you have to really boss up and be responsible for what you have to do. And even before mm-hmm. I send in, you know, my end of the day report and what I did, I'm like making sure, is this right? Is this right? Are they going to mm-hmm. like this? And it's just like, you can't overthink that way. And even with Instagram posts, like I said earlier, I look at a picture, I'm like, okay, I don't even, if I look at 10 minutes, I'm like, I don't even like it anymore. I'm afraid to post. No matter how long I've been in game, I'm like, I'm afraid to post. What are people going to think? It's estimate of people going to, you know, react and like and comment and whatnot. And, you know, Instagram teaches you, like it cultivates people in that way of thinking, like if you're gone for a certain amount of time, then you're not going to get mm-hmm. a certain amount of engagement. Yeah. So you have to stress yourself out. You have to be posting every day. And it's like, that's not realistic. You just got to be you at the end of the day and do what's best for you. So the two that really resonated with me was the natural genius and the soloist. I went through a phase, especially in college, where it's like, if I wasn't good at something, I would like avoid as best I could. So it was just like, I was certain experiences that I didn't take advantage of or have because I was like, oh no, I don't like this thing, right? Because it's like, yeah, I tried it once and I sucked at it or I wasn't as good as I thought I should have been. And then the flip side of that is a soloist. If you're working with a team and you can really trust the people you're working with, it can be so much less stressful offloading some of that work to the people around you and understanding that you don't have to work alone and other people aren't going to like bring you down or look at you as less than if you need to ask for help. I even have that sometimes with my family. Like I won't ask for money or like help in Mm -hmm. certain situations because I just feel like, oh, like you're an adult now. You're supposed to be able to figure it out on your own. And it's like, okay, yeah, but no man is an island. Like everybody has something like is needs support sometimes and that's okay. Yeah, definitely. So we have a few tips that might help if you are trying to get past imposter syndrome. These are some things that you might want to ask yourself. So the first one is, what core beliefs do I hold about myself? Number two, do I believe I am worthy of love as I am? And number three, must I perfect, must I be perfect for others to approve of me? Wow. Mm -hmm. That last one I feel like is really 
interesting because I think you guys both mentioned perfectionism, right? Mm-hmm. And there is this fear that like, if it's not perfect, it's not good when that may not necessarily be true. Sometimes I see things on the internet, even not just on the internet, in life. Some people who don't really think that much about it will just do whatever they want to do. And sometimes it gets really good feedback or it works out for them. Even if I just do my best and put that out there, I think that that also wouldn't be the worst thing. Because there's plenty of people who really don't care and they do what they do and it does well or they and they personally just feel better about it. So if I kind of take a step back, do my best, put out what I feel obviously still wants to be good and put out what I feel comfortable with, but not putting too much thought in it and knowing that no one is going to be stressing out about it as much as I am. Yeah, definitely. And to add to that, as you were talking, I was thinking about life and life is really like not even perfect. (laughs) If you look at anyone's life, I don't think I could look at anyone's life and be like, they're perfect, you know, or, you know, their path, their journey wasn't a little bit rocky somewhere along the line, even if they don't want to disclose that Mm -hmm. with social media. You know, I even think about recently, like my grandfather passed and, you know, I didn't feel like I wanted to do anything. And I guess I had to create or whatnot. Then shortly after I started a new job. So it was a down end and up happening around the same time. Life is not perfect. Why do we feel like we have to be? And I feel like people really need to just let go and nothing bad is going to last forever. And it's all going to be worth it in the end. Here are some things that you can do to help you move past feelings of imposter syndrome. Well, the first step is you need to become comfortable confronting some of those deeply ingrained beliefs that you hold about yourself, right? If you think that yourself is not worthy, then you need to address that really head on and try to identify what where that's coming from. And here's some exercise that you can do that can be helpful in making it easier to express those feelings and identify your self-worth. The first one is share your feelings. Talk to other people about how you're feeling. Irrational beliefs tend to fester when they're hidden and not talked about. A lot of times these things that we believe about ourselves or these doubts that we have about ourselves, we keep inside. If we share them, like you mentioned, Naomi, we can have those other people who check us and identify like, hey, this isn't quite right or this is a little different than you're seeing it. So let me help you kind of get a fuller picture. The next one is focus on others. This feels counterintuitive, but trying to help others in the same situation as you If you see someone who seems awkward or alone, ask that person a question or bring them into the group. As you practice your skills, you'll build confidence in your own abilities. Next one is assess your abilities. If you have long-held beliefs about your incompetence in social and performance situations, make a realistic assessment of your abilities, write down your accomplishments and what you're good at, and then compare that to your self-assessment. Looking at what you're really good at and your strengths and then identifying your weaknesses, but not in a way that's critical or Uh, shameful. It's something that's a tool to help you improve them. Next one is take baby steps. Don't focus on things going perfectly, but rather do things reasonably well and reward yourself for taking action. For example, in a group conversation, after an opinion, or offer an opinion, and share a story about yourself. Next one is question your thoughts. As you start to assess your abilities and take baby steps, question whether your thoughts are rational. Does it make sense to believe that you are a fraud? Give it everything that you know. Next is stop comparing. And we've talked about this a bunch. Every time you compare yourself to others in a social situation, you will find some fault with yourself that fuels the feeling of not being enough or not belonging. Instead, during conversations, focus on listening to what other people are saying and be genuinely interested in learning more. Use social media moderately. 
We know that overuse of social media can be related to feelings of inferiority. If you're trying to portray an image on social media that doesn't match who you really are or that's impossible to achieve, it will make your feelings of being a fraud even worse. Don't fight the feelings of not belonging. Instead, try to lean into them and accept them. It's only when you acknowledge them that you can start to unravel those core beliefs that are holding you back. And the last thing is refuse to let it hold you back. No matter how much you feel like you don't belong, don't let that stop you from pursuing your goals. Keep going and refuse to be stopped. So ladies, what advice would you give to someone else who is experiencing imposter syndrome? A personal motivation for me is self-talk. Self-talk is a technique I've been using for like two years now to fight my own negative thoughts on the volleyball court specifically, but also with Instagram. I am a perfectionist, and while being a perfectionist can be good in some ways, it can also be toxic. So I would make a mistake on the court or not want to post something on Instagram because it looks like this. I have I had done that for so long that it was time for me to release myself and just play or just post the picture. I live by motivational self-talk and breathing and releasing those negative thoughts that I have and do me. I want to push back on that a little bit because I think being a perfectionism or being a perfectionist is sometimes misunderstood as having a strong work ethic. And I think that there may be traits that are similar between the two, but I think a perfectionist is negative because of that extreme far like belief that it can't you have to be perfect whereas if you just have a strong work ethic and you work really hard even if it's not perfect you're putting your best forward well mine's not working not correlated to working hard working hard yes but the fear of messing up because my heart is racing or i just made a mistake those mistakes pile on one after the other and won't release and play is my struggle not necessarily oh I didn't work hard enough at practice so I'm going to play bad in a game it's oh my gosh I'm nervous there's so many people around what if I mess up what if I'm not don't do as well as I did in practice in this game like you well I I asked specifically because you mentioned that there are some good aspects to perfectionism volleyball specifically be knowing that I'm capable And knowing that I can do it, knowing that because of my perfectionism, I am capable of doing it because I worked so hard with it that when I go and don't do well is where it stresses me out. Where I don't do as well as I did in practice, that's where getting to a game, I get anxious and nervous because it's not correlating Mm -hmm. or it can correlate, but I'm just getting so in my head about it that stresses me out because all the mistakes that I might be making are piling on. How about you, Naomi? Any advice that you would give? Oh, yeah. Number one for me, like this is what has helped me a lot is definitely praying. I know not everyone may believe in God, but me, like I pray a lot and I try to, you know, be consistent. And I read, I'm I'm starting to read more often now. I feel like it's kind of been this trend with everyone in 2022 to read more, but I decided that I was going to do that way before everyone started posting about it because <laughs> I was just like, first, the industry I want to be in, any good writer should be reading a lot, you know, stimulating your mind, whether it be reading right. articles or reading books, whatever you want or whatever you choose that can easily stimulate your mind because you can't expect to, you know, operate the best if your mind is not stimulated because if your mind is not right, then nothing else is going to be right. And then I would also say, mm. along with doing that, I journal, whether it be write out my thoughts for the day, or I, you know, just want to take notes. If I heard something, you know, good that I was watching and I heard someone say something positive and I want that to resonate with me, I could always look back on it. 
for my goals, writing down my goals, even though it doesn't necessarily have to be resolutions for New Year's or whatnot, but just goals. People only think that you have to set goals at the beginning of the year, but you can set it, you know, in the middle, you can set it in July, in April, whenever you want, you can have a certain goal. So I think those things. And lastly, just believing in yourself, because if you don't believe in yourself, mm. no one is going to believe in you. And, or even if people other people believe in you, but don't expect, you know, to be satisfied in life or even be remotely content if you're not believing yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself, whether it be as it pertains to creating or doing anything that you're doing, that's going to exude, that's going to exude in a job interview, that's going to exude when you're posting or Mm -hmm. whatever field that you're in, it's going to be exuded and people are going to get that energy off of you. Like this girl's insecure, this guy's insecure and they don't know what they want or they're unsure they're talented but they don't know what they want and that can hold you back from a lot that can hold you back from being hired so yeah I would just say lastly believe in yourself because that's super important people have to remember that self-confidence doesn't necessarily have to go to the point of being prideful or being pompous but just knowing who you are and thriving in that so just believe in yourself Are there any influences in your life or on social media that remind me that you're capable of achieving your goals? Definitely. I have. My brother is one of my biggest pushers and biggest motivators. And people only think that you're being motivated. It has to necessarily be like someone gassing your head, but it could Mm -hmm. be someone just like giving you constructive criticism or just pointing out to you, hey, you could do this a little better or you know, you're doing great, but I think you could tap in a little more. You could level up some more mm-hmm. or, you know, a friend group that people around you, you guys may not be in the same industry, but they constantly motivate you to level up. They encourage you. They pray with you, whatever, cry, laugh with you, are there for you in every sense of the word. They're not threatened by your success. They're here for you, whatever you want to do, having those influences. And I would dare say even some people that I've seen like on social media, um, not really wanting to be like them, but they are personal inspirations of mine. One of them is a Vogue editor, Naomi Elise. I remember I met her last May at a stoop sale that her and her friends were having where they were selling a whole bunch of um, not old clothes, gently used clothes that Mm -hmm. they thought they could just sell. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people use it as a way to, you know, network, get to know other Black creatives in the fashion industry. It was a really dope, chill vibe. And I remember meeting her and I was telling her that she's really living my dream because I've always wanted to be something to that effect where I want to work my way to a major fashion publication and really just be a person whose writing really impacts a lot of people and a lot of people can, whether it be inspired off of it. And I remember meeting her and I was telling her that I didn't, it's not that I expected her to be, but I was glad that she wasn't like a lot of other people that I met in fashion where they've felt like they've arrived and especially if I don't know Naya Mm. if you felt if you've ever been to like um, networking events within the industry but there's some people who could really be off-putting and it's just Mm -hmm. we're all here trying to make it together there's no reason (laughs) for you to act like you're that girl or that guy (laughs) and it's like we can all be that people together so um, right. You know, so I was glad that she wasn't like that. And she was like, yeah, you got to be humble. Like, no matter what, I didn't I didn't get here just by being, you know, a total idiot about it and just being mean. I got here by being humble and I didn't get here overnight. So it's all a journey. And she was like, got to be humble. You got to be nice no matter 
how far you go because you don't know who you're impacting. You don't know who's looking at you. So, you know, she's one of my mm-hmm. inspirations as well, as long as with other people, but you know, those core people in my life, my brother, you know, my friend group, Naomi, and then some other inspirations. And of course my mom, she really pushes me too. So it's good to have people like that in your life physically too, who really push you to be your best, even if it's times where they're talking to you and it's not something that you necessarily want to hear, but it's all for the best and they want the best for you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Naomi, for taking some time to chat with us. Let the listeners know where they can find you and any upcoming projects that they can look out for. Totally. You can find me on Instagram at Elizabeth N-A-Y, Elizabeth with two H's at the end. And also, yeah, you could just look out for me trying to be more consistent on Instagram and not <laughs> feeling too pressured. I do have a lot of projects that I want to release real soon, especially with Black History Month coming up and hopefully some work that I do at Pop Sugar. So be on the lookout. Love that. Very nice. Thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the Black and Bourbon Podcast. Thank you so much for Naomi for being here in this episode. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you listeners enjoyed it as well. Tune in for another episode next Monday for the Black and Bourbon. Thank you guys. (laughs) 